With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, everybody. It's the Title IX Podcast on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I'm Steph Copley, joined by Elisa Woods. How's it going, Elisa? Fabulous. Fabulous. I am less fabulous. I have a really bad cold. It's not the Rona, thankfully, but we are doing this. Go ahead. Um, I, I uh, got a beer just in case it was Corona virus. I grabbed a Corona so I could have Corona too. Thank you for doing that in my honor. You're such a good yeah, friend. You're welcome. So we're doing this remotely tonight. Cause I didn't want to infect Elisa with whatever I had. I didn't care about Jared, but Elisa, I care. <laughs> Sorry, Jared Bear. We don't even, he's not even on it today. He's not even on. So we can say whatever we want. He's not, he'll, he'll say he'll listen while he produces it, but he won't. We should like hide a little Easter egg in here for him to see if he <laughs> listens at all. That's a great idea. This we should give it. out his phone number. <laughs> Ladies. He's single. <laughs> uh, so if we, uh, if it sounds a little funky, that's why, but um, yeah. So if, and if I sniffle, I apologize apologize. But we, of course, are always sponsored by the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. Elisa, I wanted to tell you that last week, you know, the Papa John family? Yeah. Pizzas, the, the entrepreneurs. Right, right. Entrepreneurs, <laughs> yes. They announced a $10 million gift last week to the five uh, Papa John centers in Iowa, and that includes the one at Iowa State. So that's pretty cool. Should I give them a hootie hoo? Give them a hootie hoo. Yes, I think, it's, I think that's deserving. Hootie hoo. Oh, a double hoodie. I know. And uh, the whole podcast network, of course, is sponsored by our friends at Mississippi River Distilling Company. And I just have this this feeling that um, there was a lot of Cody Road consumed Saturday night. <laughs> Maybe not oh. for the reasons that we were all anticipating. <laughs> what do you think? So I think so, too. Actually, so it's been two weeks since we um, have been together. And so I haven't talked to you since you were in Vegas. I yeah. saw some tiny little bottles floating, floating around. Yeah, so they did. Um, I didn't do the Cyclone Fanatic Charter, but the Mississippi River Distilling Company did this little gift pack for everybody on the charter. That's it was so six. Cool. Of, yeah, it was six of their like shooter bottles of all Ooh, of their products. How nice. fun is that? That's amazing. So, okay, six of them. Yes. So the eggnog and the salted caramel and the Iowish. And then the yeah, cyclone, and then, the old fashioned and gosh, they have, well, they have us just straight up rye and a straight bourbon, yeah. which you mentioned the bourbon. Gosh. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but the point <laughs> is they have a lot of good products. That's so cool. They do have yeah. a lot of good products and my salted caramel is almost gone. So always so mine. Oh, I have to go, I have to go hunting, but I know I like the eggnog too. So yeah. 
I've gotten lots of texts about where can I find the salted caramel? So I think they've, I think they've struck a good chord there. Yes. All right. Let's just talk a little bit about, we don't want to talk a ton about the loss to Baylor just because, you know, the, the boys on the podcast network do a nice job breaking it down and we don't want to repeat necessarily everything that's been said, but just from a fan's perspective, I hate saying this, but it really feels like the most Iowa state thing ever. Oh yeah, it does. And you were worried about this, Elisa. You've been calling this for um, well, probably six months now. Here's the thing I was calling this, but that's because I'm a pessimist. <laughs> and I'm just like, I mean, I had no insider information and I hadn't, it wasn't that I had a gut feeling. It's just like, this is who I am. Yeah. Well, I think it, this being who you are was right this time. It's just, here's, yeah. I've thought a lot about this and I had some coworkers ask me how I felt about it afterwards. And oh, that's the best part of not having any coworkers. Oh my. And I have one specific Iowa fan. Who's like one of those really obnoxious Ooh, uh, Iowa fans that just, the only reason he talks to me is this to come in and twist the knife and ugh. oh, buddy, if you're listening, you know who you are. <laughs> does he, does he drive a Mustang? Cause one time a Mustang with Iowa plates tried to run me over. No, but that sounds about right for <laughs> Iowa fans. <laughs> um, actually, you remind me when we're done with this conversation to tell you something else about Iowa fans that I've noticed this past oh, couple okay. of weeks. Okay. Okay. All right. So the reason I'm bothered by this loss more than I thought I would be is because the table was set to do something super duper special, like something that's never been done before. And we pooed the bed. Yeah. And I think pooing the bed is one thing, but pooing the bed before October even starts is what just crushes me. Yeah. I mean, we're not even a fourth of the way through the season yet. And yeah. all, not all of, but potentially all of the goals that we had really hoped for are off the table. And, and I think, go ahead. It's just so hard to see and it's heartbreaking. And I've been thinking about this so much. So like, just like woman to woman, if we were both single and you were about to date somebody Brock Purdy's age, I would say, whoa, <laughs> that's a little young. He's probably a little immature. And yet we expect him to go out there and be the leader of yeah. our favorite college football team. And we're disappointed when he, you know, falls a little bit short. So I've been thinking about that so much, just like the age of these guys, you know, I keep getting older and they just stay the same age. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> but it's just like, it's so hard to see that so many of these guys decided to give up. Yes. Like ending their college career and moving on and getting jobs and possibly, you know, going to the next level starting families, whatever it is that they were deciding to do after college. So many of them gave that up for this season. And for us, like for, for I mean, truly to entertain us and to go try to do something that's never been done before. Yeah. And I mean, for each other too, of course, and for like coach Campbell and for so many reasons, but yeah, like for us, for the fans. And it's just, it's, I don't want to say I'm not mad. I'm disappointed because I'm not even disappointed. I'm just bummed. Like my daughter yeah. would say, it's a bummer. It, 
she's right. Rose is right. It's a bummer. It really is. And then the other thing that, so that's great perspective. And you're absolutely right about all of that. And the other thing that keeps giving me decent perspective and taking me from mad to bummer is that (laughs) this corner that we're trying to turn right now to go from being a good program to a great program is a really hard corner to turn. Yeah. I mean, that takes a long time. And I know that last year we had this great success. And I think one of the reasons it's so frustrating is that because we had virtually everybody coming back mm-hmm. and we didn't expect there to be a drop-off. And frankly, coach Campbell has a lot of explaining to do about why there is, has been such a drop-off, Yeah, but it's regardless, it's still a really hard corner to turn and we're almost there, but that last few feet or the, you know, that last few inches is really hard. And that's kind of where we're stuck. And it's taken a lot of coaching changes to get to this corner in the first place. And I think we have the right staff. I think we have the right players. I just, we've got to get through that corner somehow. Yeah. And it's the same, it's the same hiccups and it's the same road bumps. And I think that's another reason why it just, it stings so bad. It's the early, the, the lackluster early starts and, and, you know, not just being able to win in the margins, which is what he preaches. I I'll, I'll say, I think we have the right players. Of course, I will always think that we have the right players because like these guys are giving their whole lives to this. I don't know that we have the right coaches and I don't know what change I would make, but I'm just not as confident as you are that we have the right coaches. That's fair. And I also think like last year, much ado was made about, um, our successes with keeping our team healthy and keeping them away from COVID. And I think that that gave us a little bit of a leg up where we, where we may have lacked in a couple of games. And I think that that may have gave us, may have possibly given us a little bit of a false positive, a little bit of a false sense of security because that, COVID was mitigated so well within our team and we got lucky and, you know, they, the coaches handled it well, the administrators handled it well. Um, the team was committed and stayed healthy. Um, but like we, I don't know that we were as close to turning that corner as we thought we were. And that was where I was concerned about this year is that like, we just didn't have that handicap of a couple points here and there because our team was staying healthy when a lot of teams were just a little bit out of control. And you bring up another good point and something that I, uh, something else that I had marked down is that last year I thought we took a lot of people by surprise. Yep. Um, and I don't, you know, it was this year. We didn't obviously didn't do that. You can't take someone by surprise when you're preseason number six or seven. Yeah. I mean, no, everyone is, you are on their calendar. And in the past, we've never been that team necessarily. So I think yeah. that's definitely a change too. And frankly, you know, if like we mentioned and we mentioned, I remember being frustrated about this in the past couple of years, if you can't clean up these m- tiny <laughs> they're not tiny because they're game changing mistakes, but if you can't play a clean game through and through, we're not, we're we're never going to be talented enough to win the games that come down to one or two turnovers. It's just the reality of it. And I don't know, that's, that's kind of my list of grievances, I guess for, for right now. I'm, I'm not, I don't feel like it's a lost season. I I'm really disappointed. Um, 
I'm sorry, I'm not disappointed and bummed, Rosa. <laughs> bummed. Um, but I think it's one of those things where it's okay for us to be critical and it's okay for us to be frustrated, but also don't lose your damn mind, Cyclone fans. There's a lot right. that can still happen. And there's a lot of really cool things that we can end up experiencing this year. Yeah. The big 12 is weak. And you know what? That's a double-edged sword too, though, because it's a year that we could have run the table. Yeah. (laughs) So damn it. True. (laughs) Yeah. But you never know, like some of these other teams could drop a couple games that they weren't expecting to drop. So, and I also think about like Oregon, we really thought we were somebody coming in and beating them in in our bowl game. And now they're great. You know what I mean? Because all of that COVID stuff, everyone has been kind of back to a level playing field. They have their, the players that had opted out back and, you know, they're at full strength. Whereas we were at full strength the whole year with the exception of that first game. Right. Right. I mean, same with this year though. Yeah. He, he was out, Charlie was out for the first game this year too. So yep. I don't know. And I also think that like, this is, this is such a, and this is, I'm talking to myself at this point as a sports fan, but I think that the, just the like psychology of being a sports fan is so interesting because we truly think that we can do something about it. <laughs> I'm so guilty of this too. Yeah. And it's like you and I get together and I spend so much time like thinking about the next game. And it's like, Alisa, literally you can do nothing short of like setting a forest fire that sets all of Iowa ablaze. (laughs) A corn fire. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like there's nothing I can do, but we've, we as sports fans like feel so confident like that's why there's fantasy football right is because like we just need an outlet where we feel like we have control over something that's why there's sports betting we want to feel as if we're in control of the outcome of something yeah and as if we know more than anybody else yes yes yeah. That's interesting. You're right. I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I know. So I've, but, I've really had to, cause for a long time I was such a stressed out sports fan and I was like, what, this isn't even fun. And I, think- yeah. And I will say just having kids has, I'm still super passionate, obviously, but like the visceral anger that I used to feel has faded. And yeah. now it's just kind of like, damn it. And that damn it just kind of like resonates yeah. like a dull headache in the back of my head. Yeah. But yeah, but I think it's interesting. I- I've gotten to a point where I can be super bummed out about the last game, but I can also be excited about the next game. Yes. And I, yes, Elisa, we're on the same page tonight because I literally have we this. Always are. Well, we, they always right, on the are. same page, but I make, I, you know, like this sets up nicely. You come off of a loss and you play Kansas and then you get a buy. You yeah. can't yeah. ask for a better way to come off of that loss. That sting. Because the rest of the schedule is a grind. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited for Saturday. I think it's another opportunity to have a get right game and figure it out and roll them and do some of the things that you couldn't do against UNLV. Um, and just, you know, continue perfect, figuring out how to perfect the defense, continue figuring out how to make the offense more productive, figure out the punt. God, for the love of God, can we figure out our punting situation? But those, this is the perfect opportunity to do that. Yeah. Agreed. Are you going? What? Are you going? I think so. 
Oh, <laughs> we have tickets. Okay. We have a sitter. Okay. Um, and we have a tailgate, but if it rains, yeah, there's rain in the forecast now because of course there is, of course. Um, but yeah, I'm planning on going. Okay. Can you believe right. it? I, I do believe it because you're telling me <laughs> there are a few things up in the air. Um, my just personally, like my grandpa's, um, in the hospital. So, oh. um, just if everyone is, he's, he's fine. Like he's doing fine. So if everyone is good and fine, I think I'm going to go to the game. Okay. Well, if you see Elisa, I'm volunteering. She wants hugs. <laughs> Um, <laughs> she doesn't, she doesn't Hershey hugs. No, I want hamburgers. I want cheeseburgers. If you have she anything beers, I want beers. If you have anything pickled or smoked or beer. So basically anything she'll take yeah, it. I'll take it. Okay, I'm, cool. I just lost. Did you see me? just lose myself in tailgating. I did. You went into tailgate. I did. I did. Your eyes glossed over. I I pictured myself like coming around the corner, just outside the South end zone and just like people with plates of food, just walking towards you. (laughs) Well, it could happen. I hope it happens. You let me know if you're going, we'll meet up. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. I'll be be the one wearing Iowa state stuff. Oh, thank you. That's very helpful. So if people, if people don't know what I look like. Okay, good. That's, that's, that's great. Thank you. <laughs> you, uh, you mentioned fantasy football about how that's a way we want to yeah. control. Do you want to brag for a minute? Yeah. Heck yeah. We, um, so we have a team on the KXNO fantasy league, whatever. Um, and we lost our first two games and it was not looking good for the two of us. And then this week we scored the most out of any of the teams in the entire league. We had 188 points. We went handballs. <laughs> um, Josh oh Allen. my God. It's almost handball season. Oh, oh, I we love a good ball this weekend. Sorry. Sorry. Um, Josh Allen, 45 points. Our kicker, Chase McLaughlin, Cleveland, 19 points. That's a lot for a kicker. I mean, all in all, we, everyone overperformed basically, except for Kyle Pitts, who were just waiting to have a breakout. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone overperformed and we beat the next highest um, team by like 40 points. So I just want to be clear. You said it's our team, but it's not, it's your team. We've done all the work. It's, it's yours. It's I mean, I'm here cheering you on doing my best to be an amazing cheerleader, but you are doing all the work. I we just beat, want that to be known. I feel bad. Cause we beat Paul by like a hundred. Why would you feel bad about beating someone? This I is cutthroat. Sorry, uh, but Paul. he's just sweet. So he is nice. It's Paul from Iowa. In um, case anybody wants to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, we're great. We're, I think we're going to win it. I think we're going to win the league. Let's do it. I'm not sure if we have any money on it. Did you put any money on it? <laughs> it's all about pride, Elisa. Oh. In some wager that I'm not aware of, I'm okay. sure. Well, I hope there's something in it for me. I hope so too. <laughs> Maybe they'll give me a job or something. Um, um, but it's yeah, a fun so- league to be in and, and 
Yes, I am running the team, but I let you know sometimes you do. how we do. And I pay attention. I watch yeah, right. on the app. Yeah. yeah so. but then I, cool for- I did forget you were in on it and I just started moving players around and then I was like, you just do it. I'm, I'm here cheering you on, okay. but it is, I appreciate um, those guys for ask the guys at KX know for asking us to do, I think it's pretty yeah. cool. Today. So it's been fun. Show. All right. I have one more thing to tell you before we go to our break. And I, me. I mentioned it was about the, the Iowa fans. Yeah. All right. I don't know what it is, but in the last week and a half or so, I've had a bunch of Iowa fans like coming at me on Twitter about, really? about things that don't even have to do with the university of Iowa or Iowa athletics or the Iowa Hawkeyes in any way, capacity, shape or form. And That's I just have to say to Kirkwood. <laughs> Steph. All I'm saying is just leave me alone. Like I don't care. The I don't Rabbit care about went to Kirkwood. <laughs> so just whoever you are, if you're listening, just leave me the hell alone. Okay. What, what are they coming? I'm, I'll go look. So, for example, on whatever day it was when Baylor announced that they were wearing those hideous yellow subway uniforms. <sighs> yeah. I made a comment about it and someone was like, you need to be supportive of all Iowa teams. Now that our game is over. And I was like, I'm not. I haven't, I'm not saying anything about Hawkeye gold. I'm talking about Baylor yellow. Like why First of all that is categorically false. We I do know. not to be in, have to be in support of anyone. I totally agree with that. But second of all, if you're going to come at me, at least know what you're talking about. Right. Nate, what's so I, the name? I, was it a man? I don't know. I gave it about two seconds thought. And then earlier when you mentioned the something about the Hawkeyes, it got me fired up again. So the point is you got to flag these things. You got to send me a message when you get okay. these. Cause right, I'm then you, not on then Twitter you go as, after often them. as I should be. Well, I don't know what's in the water, but they're pissed off over there in Iowa city. <laughs> That's you all I'm saying. <laughs> I know. Just keep your eyes on your own paper. That's what I have your to own- say. Keep your eyes on your own damn prize. Right. I have my folders up. I have one folder on the left that I've opened at a, what is this? 45 degree angle, 90. How many degrees is this? I have it open. <laughs> Math. Uh, we did really well in algebra. Yeah. I, what is the, what is it when it's just a square? <laughs> a right angle? No, it's not an acute. It is acute, right? I don't know. I'm cute. So we have a, one folder <laughs> on the left side and I have one folder on the right side and I am working on my Iowa test of basic skills over here and Iowa fans need to keep their eyes on their own Iowa test of basic skills. Okay. Okay. I agree nothing, with you. I have nothing to do with them and they have nothing to do with us. And that's, that's how the I energy. feel. That is the energy I am bringing to the remainder of my life on this planet. Thank you. That's my energy too. Okay, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back. We're going to do a good news, bad news segment. Okay. Great. All right. We are brought to you by Authentic Brand. Authentic Brand is more than just your source for official cyclone gear. With an amazing team of designers, Authentic Brand can custom manufacture polo shirts, jackets, caps, bags, and beyond for your team or small business. Check them out online at authentic brand.com. Look authentic, feel authentic. Alisa, say it with me. Be authentic. All right. We'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, I have some good news and bad news. And I was going to give you the option of what you want to start with, but we're just going to start with the bad news. Great. Okay. First of all, the bad news is Todd Blythe and Brett Meyer. Have you heard of them? I don't... The name sounds familiar. Are they like racing guys? Uh, I mean, I, I think they pretend to be at least one NASCAR? of them. Pretends to be something like that. All I know is that, you know, like those Hawkeye fans we were just talking about who are showing up in my mentions, that Todd Blythe guy keeps showing up. And apparently both of them were talking bad about me in their last podcast. Wow. And I just, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Over it. Over it. Is their podcast about NASCAR? I've never listened to their podcast. (laughs) Well. And I'm not going to start now either. No. As Taylor just Swift would the say, haters gonna hate, 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 hate. I love hate. me some Swift. So Todd Blythe, Brett Meyer, just back the hell off, okay? Yeah. Listen, well, we could take you. Totally. We're scrappy. Scrappy. I somebody once asked me if I was an MMA fighter at a bar once. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. Dead serious. I was at the exchange in my mid twenties and somebody said, are you so-and-so? And I was like, I have no idea who that is. Well, she's an MMA fighter. And I was like, not me. Shockingly, no one's ever asked me that, but that's now yeah. a new life goal for me. Yeah. So I guess that I look like somebody who punches people for a living. You totally do. My side gig is punching people. <laughs> Elisa Woods, puncher of people. <laughs> okay. All right. On to the actual bad news. Oh, are you ready? Wait, what was the good part of that? We haven't, no, there wasn't a good news to that, except we're, we can take them. You said we have good news, bad news, and all you have is two bad newses? No, I mean, there's good news coming, but it has okay, nothing okay. to do with okay. the, yeah, the wash-ups, to Todd and Brett. <laughs> Is this one we should give out Jared's phone number to? Uh, See if those guys are listening. Yeah. <laughs> Wash ups. Wow. Okay. Anyway, all right, here's the action. <laughs> I'm gonna pay for this so bad and my face is red because I hate I hate what's coming for us. Okay. It'll take two weeks though, because 
Todd's the only one that listens and it, t- it takes him two weeks to listen. Well, it'll be a delayed payback. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. All right, here we go with the actual bad news. Okay. All right. So there's an article published on ESPN. His name is Richard Lapchik. Um, he was basically reviewing a study performed by the Institute of diversity and ethics in sports. They did a, what they called like a report card that detailed race and gender among sports media. And it was the first one they've done since 2018. And let me tell you, Lisa, the report card is not good. Oh, geez. Okay. So they evaluated 100 newspapers and websites across all circulation sizes. And it was, um, the report card was a B plus in race, which is good. That was up from a B rating, but gender grade, the gender grade remained an F F an F. Okay. So I'm going to give you some of these statistics. 79.2% of the sports editors were white and 83.3% were men. 71.1% of the columnists were white and 82.2% were men. 77% of the reporters were white, 85% were men, and uh, 77% of the copy editors and designers were white, and 75% were men. So in conclusion, sports media, by and large, is white and male, which we already knew, but those those percentages were higher than I expected, I guess. And like we've talked about before, I think this is really significant because those are the people that are driving the storylines and the narrative and what gets covered. And so we often complain about, you know, why isn't softball getting covered or volleyball or um, college world series softball? It's because these people are the people, the people that are making the decisions about where the money goes, where the, the, the people go to cover it are, are white and, and men. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about like, compare that to the number B plus seems high for listening to those numbers for, for the uh, race. Yes. So there, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, you, no, you, no, no, you, it's like we're at a four way stop in (laughs) Iowa. We don't do as well when we're we're on zoom. (laughs) Um, I like, if you look at the college athletes, like if we're just looking at college athletes, those numbers do not reflect the number of even college athletes, let alone like high school athletes, let alone youth sports. You know what I mean? Yes. It just, it's completely out of balance. Whack. So, so that was the bad news. I'll give you some of the good news there. There have been some improvements since the study that they did in 2018. The racial percentage, so that means the non-white percentage of sports editors increased from 15% in 2018 to 20% in 2021. So that's a decent um, jump. Yeah. The percentage of black representation improved in three positions, including sports editors, columnists, and reporters. Um, Same thing with Hispanic representation and Asian representation. And when it comes um, to sports editors, which, you know, again, is probably the most important uh, person in sports media when it comes to controlling the narrative. It, from the very first report card they did in 2006 to now, it was only 5.3% of non-white, and that jumped up again to 20.8% in 2001. So that's a 15% increase in 15 years. So there's progress, so that's good. So that was race. In terms of gender, um, the number of sports... Uh, female sports editors increased from 10% in 2018 to 16% in 2021. 
Reporters went from 11.5% 2018 to 14.4%. So not as big of a, of a jump there. So, I, I mean, there's progress and it's all moving in the right direction. It's just, like you said, it doesn't match what the athletes are and it's moving at a snail's pace. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember who it was, but I thought I heard somebody on one of the um, KXNO stations say a couple months ago that they thought like KXNO was pretty even men and women and that like women didn't have that many, like women had many opportunities there. So I think that that's maybe people don't realize that. I don't know. I, when they said that, I was pretty shocked that they thought yeah. that. And I guess that this just backs up the fact that that's not true. Yeah. So I, um, I'm tooting our own horn here, but we try every podcast to highlight examples of this growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been a, actually, it's weird. It was one of those two week spans where there was a ton of firsts for women, which I feel like we go through those every couple of months. I know you saw this one. Um, Melanie Newman and Jessica Mendoza are going to be the first all woman broadcast for a nationally televised MLB game tomorrow night. So Wednesday night, it's the Dodgers and the Padres. It's the first time ESPN has had an all woman broadcast team for the MLB NBA or NFL game, which is really cool. Oh, so I, I looked at Melanie Newman. She was the first woman to call an Orioles game in 2020. And she's, she's a regular there now. Yeah. And obviously we know Jessica Mendoza. She's been doing Sunday night baseball for probably what, like five years now. Sounds Maybe right. Maybe not that long. Maybe yeah. three or four is what I yeah, was going to say. For but... a few years. Yeah. Um, and then there was another first, the Sixers hired Kate Scott as their play-by-play announcer on NBC sports, NBC sports, Philadelphia. She's the first woman to do, um, play by play for any of the major sports team in Philadelphia. And the coolest part about this is that she became the second full-time female play by play announcer for a major U S pro team. Um, just days after the first, which was when the Milwaukee bucks hired Lisa Byington to be their play by play announcer. So there was bam, bam, two of them within a couple of days of each other. That's awesome. And I was reading about their bios and like, just, okay. I'm just going to roll off some of the things that they've been the first set. Okay. Okay. So Kate Scott, she was, she's been working for the PAC 12 network. She was the first woman to call a game for the PAC 12 network. The first woman to call an NFL game on the radio. The first, she was part of the first all female NHL broadcast. And she was part of the first, um, warriors, all female broadcast. And not to mention the fact that she's also called college football games and basketball games in the Tokyo Olympics. And then, uh, Lisa Byington, the the bucks play-by-play announcer was the first female play-by-play announcer for NCAA men's basketball tournament. The first for college football on the big 10 network, the first all female MLS broadcast. And she's also done soccer in the Tokyo Olympics and the world cup. Like these women are trailblazers. I love to it. The I think it's so amazing. That is very cool. Love to and hear then, it. Uh, you, I don't know if you, we haven't talked about this yet, which I don't know how, but the university of Iowa announced that they're adding women's wrestling. Yep. I was just thinking that I was like, we hate it on Iowa, but we do want to, and I will say like, yes, we hate it on Iowa, but if this was Minnesota, if this was like, you know, Penn state, like anybody who added women's wrestling, we would talk about it. Yes. I, and it's, I just think it's really cool. And I, I think it's great that it's here in the state of Iowa where wrestling has been such a part of our history and particularly at the university of Iowa. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's weird because I feel like I'm not a huge wrestling fan. I, I pay attention from the periphery, but there is a huge number 
and a growing number of women and girls who are into wrestling in this state. And I had, I don't, I had no idea until the last couple of months. And I think this is just putting, adding more fuel to that fire. It's putting pressure on the girls association, um, or girls union to add it as a a sport. So it'll be Mm -hmm. really cool to see how this plays out in the next few years. I, so working at the Iowa event center and watching like the, um, state wrestling finals and state wrestling, um, tournament and everything like that. I remember when the first girl came and the guy wouldn't wrestle her. That's right. Yeah. And I like, I remember seeing like this girl there waiting and he wouldn't wrestle her. And I remember, like, I just remember all of that. And then the last year that I was there, I think there were like three or four girls wrestling, which is very cool. And then we, at the Iowa event center, they have all of these like youth wrestling and everything like that. And there's tons of little girls and it's like, maybe their dad wrestled, maybe their older brothers wrestled, like when there were opportunities for their dads or their little or their older brothers to wrestle. And now there's opportunities for them to wrestle. Sometimes it's girls that nobody in their family ever wrestled. You know what I mean? And it's just something that they found themselves interested in. I come from a family where no one, like my parents are not, that interested in sports and I'm somehow super interested in sports. So that happens too. Like it's organic. It just happens like that sometimes. But yeah, I think that there's opportunity, especially in Iowa for the union to add wrestling and I'm pumped. I think it's great. Yeah. I'm excited to see where it goes. Mm -hmm. Um, another shout out goes out to our girl, Holly Rowe. Did you see this? She was named an analyst for the Utah jazz broadcast team, their nightly broadcast team. Nice. And she's ridiculous because she still has all of her ESPN obligations that she's going to do. So, you know, that that's approximately 20,000 other gigs. (laughs) And I saw on her Twitter last night, she said she caught a flight after yesterday was jazz media day. So Monday was jazz media day. She caught a flight to Boston, then drove to the Connecticut sun WNBA shoot around. And she's locked in for the WNBA playoffs. So I just, ah, that woman's wild and an inspiration to everybody. It's funny. We always say like, you know, you have the same amount of hours in a day as Beyonce has, but now I'm going to start saying, you have as many hours in the day as Holly does. That's a great idea. That's our new mantra. That's our new mantra. <laughs> I love it. Okay. And then we talked about this briefly before we started recording. Uh, Sue Bird. So Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi faced off um, this weekend in a playoff elimination game. And uh, Sue Bird, the Seattle Storm lost to Taurasi's Mercury. And they did a jersey exchange because Sue Bird's weighing her retirement options. Yeah. And man, what a cool photo. I It's one of those things. It's one of those moments that is just going to be forever um, just stuck in my brain. Because those are two women that have been around forever. And they're yeah. two of these just giants of the league. And to think about them potentially being done. It's hard to even imagine. Yeah. You know how old Sue Bird is? Yes. I know how old Diana Taurasi is. I'm going to say, well, how old's Taurasi? Start there. I think she's 36. She's the same age as me. Isn't she? I think she's 39, but either way. Yeah. Um, then I'm going to guess 42, 41. Oh, wow. 18, 18 seasons in the WNBA. It's just wow. hard. Like it's hard to imagine the WNBA without either of them, honestly. Yeah. 
for sure. And I saw like afterwards the, like all the fans were cheering like one more year, one yes. more year. Yeah. And Diana was like hyping them up and she's like, stop, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> I mean, obviously they've been friends forever since their days at UConn, they're foes on the court, but yeah. But they yeah, play together on like Team USA. And... Yes, that's true too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what was the other retirement you mentioned? So Kat Osterman is right. retiring from um, softball. And I think that it may have been last night, the ET Athlete, Athletes Unlimited game that she played, yep. um, she said was going to be her last. And she kind of put out a statement that was, you know, heartfelt like you like this sport has done all you can look it up but she just t- kind of talks about like your your this sport has done so much for me it's not you it's me like yeah I need something else important in my life that isn't yep. softball and she um I I wish that they could have done better in the Olympics this year yeah. um but yep she's a pitcher for um she was like team USA pitcher probably the number one pitcher for the last, I don't know how many years, um, her thing says you've had my heart for 28 years, but now I need it back to invest, to invest it elsewhere. So that gets yeah, me another excited. giant in the sport retirement, yes. but that gets me excited to see what direction she goes, because I think that she could go the Jessica Mendoza direction uh, as well. For sure. For sure. She's a well enough known name too, yes. that she could jump in right away. Yes. So I would say we, you heard it here first, probably not other people have probably <laughs> been saying, it, but I would not be surprised. Yes. If she goes into calling baseball. Um, you mentioned the athletes unlimited. That was the league that, um, Sammy Williams yeah. was playing and she actually was injured a couple of weeks ago and had to undergo knee surgery. So she wasn't able to finish that season. Yeah. Um, and I haven't talked to her since, but I'm not sure what her plans are, but what a bummer of a way to, to have to end that little yeah. portion of her career, but we'll see. We'll see. She's just, yeah. uh, we love her on this podcast. So yes, we do. Um, and then one other shout out, um, and I don't, I, I'm, I hesitate whether to say it. it's, I'm going to say, it. I'm going to say it. I'm just going to go for it. So the last couple of days, there's been this NBA public relations nightmare with vaccinations and vaccination mandates. And regardless of how you feel about it, yes. I, the only reason I'm mentioning it is because the WNBA has been 99.9% yeah. vaccinated since summertime. And I just, the only reason I, it's not about how you feel about it or politics. It's just another example of the WNBA being advocates in being, um, you know, on the front lines of a lot of these social and political issues. And yeah, regardless yeah. of how you feel one way or the other, I think they need to be applauded for being in front of a lot of this stuff. Yeah. So for me, it's, it's too, too little, too late from the NBA. Yeah. That's it's, uh, it's been a rough couple of days for, for the old, uh, NBA PR people, I imagine. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just, I mean, I, Oh, I'm, I'm getting revved up about this. Carl Anthony town's mom died, died. of COVID and right. you are going to have the gall to get on the court with him being not vaccinated. Like, Ooh, I know. No, I know. I, I mean, you, you have lost me. You have lost me. If you are going to disrespect him like that, that disgusts me. 
And I just think it's amazing. You know, we see this like very intense divide in the country about whether to do it or not do it. And then you have this league who is made up of all different races, um, ethnicities who can come together and just go, you know, like make something happen. And I, it's the women get bleep done mantra that I think is just, it's continually exemplified in the WNBA and it makes me really proud. Yeah. And the privilege of the NBA players to not have to do it is just outstanding. Like, no, you won't, if you do get sick, no, you won't have to go to the same hospital that everyone else is fighting for beds at. You won't like, yes, you will get special treatment, like congratulations. And a lot of people are not getting vaccinated because their favorite basketball player has said that he's not getting vaccinated or he won't say whether he did or not. Right. Yeah. It's a break. It's just, it's very interesting to watch that dynamic between the two leagues, which are generally parallel on a lot of things, but this is not one of them. So women get bleep done. That's all I have to say about that. Heck yeah. And they Uh, can't afford to miss a game. (laughs) That's also true. And that's also a whole different discussion, which we've touched on before. It's like, they're not equal. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. Let's put it that way. All right. The cyclone women, um, Volleyball just started conference play this week. They have a couple of wins over TCU and they play Kansas this weekend. Volleyball just, I have to fully own this. It's not been on my radar. I know. I mean, like they just finished their season, didn't they? Well, I think part of it is because they played in the spring and it like messed up my brain. And I, yeah. So I have to get into volleyball mode and we'll be better about that. We promise. Yes. Like, I'm glad you put like, that on my radar because I yes. do love volleyball. It's one of my, so they're, they're 10 and three. Um, and their losses, there's two ranked losses. I don't, frankly, I, we need to, we need to do a little deep dive and figure out, you know, what the big 12 looks like and, and where yeah. I state. So we'll do that next time. Yeah. Maybe we'll have a, a whole big segment on volleyball. Next. I think we should. And then cross women's cross country, just, um, jump to the top 25 in the nation. So we need to talk, we need to do a little deep dive on them as well. Oh, speaking of runs, Elisa, Uh, you want to talk about this? I got to run. (laughs) I think you told me that if Iowa state put up more than that, what was it? It doesn't matter. Iowa state put up more points than if they covered the 30 point spread. Was was it a 30 point spread? It doesn't matter. They did it. You would run a mile with me. I will. Okay. I'm feeling better already since the start of this podcast. So <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you're feeling sick. So, you know, I'll let you recover. Um, Maybe we should do it on the bye weekend. Oh, I don't want it to be too cold. Either, <laughs> you know, I don't want to hear your damn excuses. Okay. You're doing it. You're I got a, I got your a healer. I got some nice shoes. I can okay. do it. I did okay. watch. I watched a YouTube video to psych myself up today of a woman who had not trained, but ran an ultra marathon what yeah so she used to be like an iron man triathlete okay but that was like five years ago okay and so she like keeps up like she's still in shape and everything so she's a freak athlete yeah so she and she did it in like four and a half hours so i was like okay well if i have four and a half half hours i can probably do a mile (laughs) if she can do it you can try they're basically the same. I know, basically the same. But um, I, I feel like, oh gosh, I'm gonna put on my middle school um, PE uniform for it because that's how I feel. Is 
I feel like I'm in middle school PE. I got to run the mile. That mile sucked by the way. Right. Just yeah, around in big circle a bunch of times. And very, like everyone was very judgmental. Yeah. Just not good. Not good. All right. Well, All right. you let me know when we're going to do this thing and I will okay. show up with All bells right. on. I trust you. Um, I have one more fun story before we conclude. Is that Lay okay? On me. Of course. Okay. So I read an article last week, um, in the undefeated about the complete history of signature shoes in the WNBA. Hmm. And we've talked about this on the pod before. We'll see if you remember, do you remember how many signature shoe deals the WNBA has had in the history of the league? I can't think of any, but like Lisa Leslie, yep. Rebecca Lobo, yep. does Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird have one? And let's go with two more, six. It was, it's so you're close actually. So there were only nine signature shoe deals Does in the history Brittany of the league. One? No, oh. the most recent is Brianna Stewart who, um, signed this past year with Puma. Yeah. And the crazy part is there's 20 signature shoe deals right now in the NBA currently, like right Whoa. now, and there's only been 10 total in the, the history of the WNBA. Wow. But anyway, so the article goes through each one and it goes through each, um, athlete and explains, you know, how they got the deal and the process and what they loved about the shoe. And it was a really cool article. And I, it, gave me so many warm and fuzzies and nostalgic vibes that I, you, I'm going to tweet it out from the title nine yeah, account. Please you do. Read it. Because yeah. I forgot what a lot of those shoes looked like. And then as soon as I saw them, I was like, I remember those. I remember those. I remember those. So I'm, I'm yeah. just not a sneaker head, but I, yeah, I'm not I, either, but I think it was that, you know, like it being those athletes. Yeah. Yes. It's interesting. Yeah. And the, the background of why they did it, I think is interesting yes. too. That's yeah, like one of my favorite stories about Steph Curry is why he ended up not going with Nike. Just yeah. And there's some of that in there about, um, you know, how like one company tried to undersell or undervalue and how their agents would lead them to another place. And nice. obviously this is in the mid nineties. So a lot, this is kind of groundbreaking for them. So yeah. it was cool. I'll, I'll tweet it out. It was, it's worth the read for sure. I love it. All right. Anything else before we go girl? No, you need to go to sleep. I'm going to go night, night and hope that my nose feels better in the morning. Oh, oh, oh. Thanks for caring about me, Elisa. I do care. I know you do. All right. We're going to come back in a couple of weeks with another win over the Jayhawks who are God awful. And hopefully we stomp them. Hope so. All right. Go Cyclones. Go State.